take out the vital organs and you burn all that stuff. And that takes care of the problem. You are now listening to From the Pit. It's killing a lot of people.
right, and uh, welcome back to From the Pit. This is another one of our interviews. Uh, with us today, we've got Dan Nastasi. Am I saying that right? Well, <laughs> that's actually a new one. <laughs> oh. God damn. No, Phil, but, you but, but listen, the reality is it, it's, it's, when you look at the last name, it is difficult to, you know, to pronounce, but it's, it's Nastasi. Nastasi. It's Dan Nastasi, like the old tennis player, Ely Nastasi. Oh. It's uh, it's pronounced the same way, but you know some people say Nastasi or Nastasi or Nastasi or as long as you're calling me something, I really don't give a shit what you call me. Okay. Look, man, fair enough. Look, man, I I get it. No one ever knows how to pronounce my last name either, so you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I get it. I got Bon Pastor. Uh, we've All also, good. We've also got. Uh, I'm gonna fuck this one up too, uh, Dylan uh, Godino. You got it. Hey, oh, nice. yes. one hey. for two. <laughs> You're one for two, buddy. Good job. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. You got it. And uh, <laughs> you guys are currently in Kings Never Die. Correct. Indeed. Yeah. Just uh, just heard that single, by the way. What'd yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was fucking dope. I mean, I've like ever since I started on the show, I've like the rest of my hosts have been like, getting me into hardcore, and mm-hmm. you know, this is just another instance of like. God damn, I've been missing out on this shit all these years. Got to make up for yeah, man. time. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that we are really happy with it. You know, and, and it's not even just that song. You know, I mean, like you have to have a first. You have to have something to introduce a band, right? Like when, you know, when you start a new band, and this is really a new band, you have to have something to introduce it. Um, with us, you know, I think, all of our material is just punk rock hardcore songs. That's basically what there are. I don't think there's like an incredible amount of like thought put into it. It's really what is coming out uh, through all the different people in the band. You know what I mean? Like this is the product that w- we're creating together. You know what I mean? Like uh, so, um, but I'm glad. You know, I'm glad you like the first song because you know we definitely took some time to think to say, well, what what should the first thing that people hear when they hear the band, we thought it was like pretty much the song that kind of like, you know, it's the one song that people will kind of get a good idea. This is kind of what the band's about. You know what I well, mean? So, well, well, I mean, as far as first impressions go, I would say it's an exceedingly strong one. Well, great. Great. I mean, I, don't, I personally, I don't think it's even close to one of our better songs, but. Yeah, you know, but, but I good... do think it's like the whole picture. Like it's kind of what the band is about. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a good cross section. It's it's got it's it's driving. It's got that hardcore sound. It's it's uh, catchy. It's got some melody in it. So I think it's like you said. I think it's a a really good example of what's to come. Yeah. I mean, lyrically speaking, I almost got that impression that it it, it almost you know intimates that the past is the past, and here we are. This is what we're doing now. Exactly. Yeah, Dylan, you'd agree with that as well, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I feel like it's a nod to uh, old school hardcore. And, uh, you know, it's also about, you know, just carrying on the torch and still doing it. I mean, we're, you know, we're not, su- we're not super young. We're, I guess that's an understatement. Uh, well, speak for yourself, man. I'm <laughs> young at heart. Uh, you know, so, I'm the only, th- I'm the only 38 year old in the country that oh, has a 24 year old son. <laughs> is 38 young or no that's not young right that's still old 
I, well, I don't 38, know, but still young. I think Shit. these days in, in hardcore, it's still pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? All right, man. Then I, I think so. I mean, I think you're not 38, though. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter as long as you can get out there and fuck shit up. Yeah, I you mean, know? that's that, that's just it. I mean, for whatever reason, we're, you know, we're all still compelled to uh, do this and to perform. And, you know, it's sort of like you can't stop. Well, yeah. no, it's... And I'll tell you something else. You know, the now, you know, the single's been out about two weeks, roughly, right? So it just came out like two weeks ago. And first of all, uh, we're all just so grateful for like the amount of attention it's gotten and the response it's gotten. Like it really is kind of like a payoff. Like, you know, this was, let's say like a year in the making and, uh, you know, it started like me and Larry, the hunter had a conversation and a week later we were getting together and that's how this started. Like literally just a year ago. And I had a bunch of stuff written. He had some stuff. And we put the band together with the idea of, like, this needs to be, like, a family band. Like, everybody in the band has to be somebody that, you know, you would almost, you know, uh, figure a speech. But, like, somebody you would die for. Like, somebody that you absolutely really respect. I mean, I've been in bands before and been so lucky to... All, any band I was ever in that was successful was really because we were like brothers. We were best friends. And I never thought that I would ever start a band again. Like, I, it wasn't in the plan. You know, I always said if I, you know, I would never start a band again unless I thought it would be, you know, that good. Like, if, I, like if it really was going to be something special, right? So, you know, the, the, the shocking thing to me is... That, you know, you're, you know, we're joking about, like, age or whatever, and it really doesn't matter. But, like, the feedback that we've gotten is really that the younger hardcore crowd, they're the people that are really the most into the sound of the band. Like, the band is appealing to a much younger uh, hardcore audience than, I, than maybe we thought that it might, which is really, uh, which is really a great sign. You know what I mean? It's it's really, uh, you know, like super grateful, you know, that that is the case. I, I think it's interesting and I'm, I'm not super surprised because it does seem uh, like things kind of swing back around in hardcore. Um, you know, we've been seeing recently like a lot of bands that are sounding more like the, the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think your approach, you know, that sort of... Uh, that sort of hardcore family approach uh, really harkens back to like early hardcore when people think of like, you know, the Lower East Side and all those bands who right. were just swapping members left and right. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. it's kind of refreshing yeah. to see it again. Right. Swapping members left and right. But the reality is it's it was a community. And from what I see, it really still is a community. It's, it's different because uh, it's social media. Like, you know, like, and I'll be the first one to tell you, like, I really did not understand how media marketing really even worked anymore uh, from, from when, you know, from like Mucky Pup and Doggy Dog days. Like, things were done so differently, you know. But I'll tell you this. There is a massive hardcore community in, uh, around the world. 
Um, and it's really being driven by the awesome media outlet of podcasts like yours and the online uh, zines, you know, the no echoes, the in effect, the hardcore worldwides, you know, unity hardcore, like, you know, all of those media streams are, you know, they don't, I don't, I don't know if everybody realize they are the lifeline to hardcore music right now because that's where people are going to see the videos to get information and so to me i think it's like the hardcore community is like alive and well because it's there every day right in front of your eyes you know what i mean it's not just instagram and facebook those those avenues are on those streams but you know it's uh it's really a credit to guys like you that are that are that are interested enough to do podcasts to have online zines. Well, I mean, and on on a personal note here, I mean, I've gotten to see how alive and well it is myself because I mean, I just I just came back from my second ever trip to this is hardcore in Philly. Yeah, and I Incredible. mean, both 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 years I've gone out, it's like holy shit! Like this, like even though I'm not, I'm very I'm very very new to hardcore. I've been I've only really been getting into it the last couple of years, but man, nobody, nobody there treated me any differently. Like I, I straight up told people, I'm like, you know, a couple people like, you know, Hey, I'm just getting into it. They're like, no, that's fucking cool. We're glad you're here. <laughs> like what, what, what better way to get into it? That is what hardcore is though. Yeah. Hardcore is being whoever and whatever you are and not really giving a shit what anybody thinks about it. That yeah, I mean, is hard. I mean, Dylan, you'd agree, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what it should be. I mean, I've I've definitely I've definitely seen, you know, the uglier side of things where, you know, hardcore unfortunately becomes like fucking, you know, high school. Uh, but, you know, what it should be is exactly that. It should be a place where everybody feels, you know, comfortable and uh, you know, free to sort of express themselves however they want to express and to me, yeah, that's what hardcore should be. Yeah. Look whatever I mean, the fuck they want to look like. Where else can you go? What other community can you be in where where I could walk in in gym shorts and a fucking tank top and I'm accepted the same as if I have, you know, whatever, like whatever the protocol is, you know, like it's not that way. You know, you walk in, you walk into a corporate uh, environment with, a, with with your arms sleeved and you're looked at in a certain way. Yeah. You walk into a hardcore show, sleeve, not sleeve, no tattoos, you know, 60 years old, 25 years old. Nobody cares. Everybody's there for the same reason, you know, like, and I've seen the music scene over the last couple of years, like explode. I mean, being at shows, I just did this Iron Reagan run with Leeway. We did a U.S. tour with uh, Iron Reagan. Nice. Oh, sweet. It was like an education to me, you know, to be back out on the road and see different types of people, different cities every night. Like, it's really, it juiced me up. It really did. It was like, man, this is, like, incredible. Yeah, I mean, you know? when I was when I was at This Is Hardcore, man, I, like, just be, like, just because I was the one dude with a morbid angel backpatch, nobody gave a shit when I was getting the <laughs> fuck kicked. I was getting the fuck kicked out of me in a, in a wisdom and chains pit. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was still up there fucking raging with everyone else, having a great old time. <laughs> By nobody, the way, nobody I mean, gave me a hard time. Wisdom and Chains absolutely is just, whew. I mean, in my oh, opinion. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's like well, they, sick they of it all. Away. There's sick of it all. There's 
AF and Wisdom and Chains to me. Like that is really the pecking. Like, not that there's a pecking order, but but I am just a monstrous Wisdom and Chains fan. Oh yeah, it's like songwriting one on one, man. Those guys just fucking oh, kill it. It's oh, man. talented. I, I, I talented. Every I bought, one of them. I bought Class War and Nothing in Nature Respects Weakness like right after their set. Hell yeah, yeah. Every uh, album, every album's great. It, it's pretty amazing. I mean, every every set, and I've seen them. God, probably fourteen, fifteen times now, and yeah, every set is something special. There. It, God, yeah, man. Such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah, man. And you know what? They're guys with kids, with families who just love to do it. And that is the deal, man. That is, that's like what it's about. Working man's music. Yeah. Now, uh, (laughs) Kings Never Die. Uh, I mean, your, your members, I mean, everyone in and of themselves has quite a a history in hardcore. Uh, You got a lot of heavy hitters in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, I mean, like, you know, I've said it over and over. Like, I really don't think anybody gives a shit what band you were in, what you, you know, I mean, I, I don't because people listen to Kings Never Die. They're either going to dig it or they don't dig it. I don't want them to be, like, like it just because they like Doggy Dog or just because right. they liked, uh, you know, you know, Larry played in Murphy's Law for like 10 years with Jimmy. You know, I play. I played in Murphy's Law for like a year and a half, 1989. You know what I mean? Nobody cares. Nobody cares that I like Murphy's Law is Jimmy Gestapo. He's Murphy's Law. Right. Murphy's Law to me, you know, I got to play with guys in Murphy's Law that are like, you know, to me, like, you know, the Godfathers, Chuck Valley, you know, Doug Beans on drums, Jimmy. Like that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. But do you really think that anybody cares that I, I mean, play? You know, and I hate to I see think, it. I, like, they, I hate to I, see when I somebody's disagree. like, X I think they this, care, X that, X Monkey Pup, X Doggy Dog, X whatever it might be, Sub-Zero. Like, to me, it's, yeah, I feel bad. It's like, why does somebody have to, you know, but I guess that's that's part of the gig. So people associate with people that are in the band and, you know, it is history. And, you know, but I don't like I don't think or write. I'm not the same person I was when I wrote Mucky Pup songs in 1987. You know, I'm not that same person. So I don't care. Like I am who I am now. I mean, I'm grateful that I had that experience in my life and I'm grateful for Chris Milnes and John Mill. Like, you know, I'm grateful for the time, but. I don't think it has anything to do with this band. I mean, Kings Never Die doesn't sound anything like Mucky Pup. Doesn't no, sound anything. You're, you know, you're abso- Doggy you're absolutely Dog. Right. I've had a lot of people tell me that the music to Kings Never Die sounds like old Doggy Dog to them. Um, I'm cool. With, I mean, whatever. Great. If that's what they think, then that's you know it. You know, I mean, I wrote a lot of that old Doggy Dog stuff with those guys. You know, that was who we were. It was a unit. Of like guys that loved each other, and that's what we produced. You know, I wrote a lot of the music. Great, you know. So it it might sound a little similar, but you know, Kings Never Die doesn't sound anything like Doggy Dog. I mean, yeah, I, you I, know, I, vocally, musically, 
you know, you add Larry into, into the thing, it's going to set, you know, you add Larry playing guitar into what we're doing, and it sounds nothing like that. Well, that's, that's what I think is, is kind of the interesting thing uh, for people who are, you know, on the, on the other side, uh, who, who don't necessarily see all the background. We just see, uh, oh, there's this person who was in this band, and you, you, you recognize certain um, aspects of their playing or of their sound. So when you hear that all these people are coming together, it's always kind of interesting to see how's that all going to come together? What are they going to sound you like? Are there going to be guess, elements? To of... kind of add off onto that, sometimes there is a bit of breaking your, your own neck to try and hear the influence of a certain member in a band, um, for, for better or for worse. Um, yeah, I, 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 I understand that, and I totally respect that. I really do. But I guess, look, my point is this. Like, I want this band to be our band, what we're doing. You know, it's... it's you know, not, I, yeah, I, I think I, it's... I, I mean, I just think it's good that people know where you came from, Dan and Larry and, and Jay and John, only because it it just sort of... It's a, it's a quick way to say, yes, this is a new band, but we got our shit together. Like, you we know, know what we're doing. I suppose the best way to put it might be it's a good way to establish like the pedigree. Right. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Not that, it, you know, not that when you listen, it sounds like all those bands mushed together, but no, it just, no, no, no. it's just shorthand for, Hey, we've, you know, we, we got this, we, we've been around. I mean, I can totally identify with wanting to su also succeed on your own merit. I mean, I absolutely, that that's great. Um, that's what's making what antagonize is doing right now. Really cool as well. I mean, there's totally a difference between being recognized and then using that recognition to sort of yeah yeah pull in, swing your weight around yeah 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 I guess the point is that like not really interested in 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 that like you know what weight you know I mean right. no that's fair and I yeah. and I I appreciate uh, that you know this that this is being treated as its own thing right uh, yeah no. I mean you know I mean look uh, you know. Like, listen to the band. You dig it? Great. You know, you know, you think it's dope? Great. You think it sucks? That's cool. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we love it. You know, I can tell you that. Like, I, I have never been more excited. And, and it's, okay, you've heard, like, a song. We have an EP coming out in a couple months that is done. You know, it's all set, mastered, ready to go. It's literally being submitted and put together right now. That's great, because then people are going to be able to hear four more songs. You know what I mean? After people have four or five tracks of ours, now we can really, I think people will really see, like, okay, this is what the band really is. It's very difficult from one song to really get a grasp of what the band is. You know what I mean? Like, I wish we could just, you know, get that, get four, five, six songs out right now. I wish everybody could hear them, you know, but it's kind of not the way it goes. You know? So, so again, it goes back. Like, that's why I'm so grateful, like humble and grateful for, um, you know, for where we're at already. Like the response is just humbling. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I, I'm, I speak, you know, I'm sure for all the guys in the band, like, we're so grateful that we're still able to do this, but like, just grateful that, that we're being accepted for what we're doing now. That's, uh, that's fair. Uh, and I, I now I heard it mentioned on, uh, 
on another podcast I listened to, um, you guys have quite a bit recorded already, or written at least. Uh, yeah, we actually recorded. We went in the studio. Uh, we went up a good friend of ours, Dave Reiser, who years ago had a studio in Jersey City called Rock Hard Studios. And he wound up moving up to like Pennsylvania, out in Pennsylvania. And a couple years ago, he reopened Rock Hard Studios out in East Strasburg, PA. And for you know quite a while, he's always said, look, if you ever have new music and you ever want to record it, please let me know. I'd love, I'd love to record it. And I was like, hey, you know, and so finally I was like, well, as a matter of fact, uh, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like we, w- we went up there and recorded uh, about 14 songs, 14 of about 25 that we, you know, had written and or were working on. So oh, we recorded wow. 14 songs. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of a good situation. Like we have let's say 12 of those 14 songs are fully recorded and done. Oh, and wow. and most of them are pretty much even mixed. So you know the the plan is to continuously be releasing music just continuously, like we put before my time out. Now we're going to put the Razor Glass uh, EP out, and the Razor Glass EP has another song called "Never Know What You Might Find," another song called "The Juice." That we're actually, I'm like, like a little kid, like I'm antsy. I'm like, look, we got to get another fucking song out right now. <laughs> so we're going to release digitally the Juice in like a few weeks. Like a month from now, we're going to release another song just digitally before the EP comes out. And then the other song on the EP is uh, the song Raise a Glass that we actually recorded. You know, when I first wrote the song, I'm, you know, love agnostic from, but I'm a huge, uh, I don't know if you guys listen, but but the band Stigma. And, uh, and Larry the Hunter plays guitar in Stigma with Vinny. And Mike Gallo, and uh, and Luke from Wisdom and Chains, Rhoda, the drummer, is the drummer of Stigma. And when I wrote the song, I was like, "Oh my god! Like I, this song is per- like we got to get Vinny Stigma to sing this song." Like to me, it was like, per- like I heard his voice singing the song. Uh, and so we asked them to do it. We asked, you know, Vinny and Mike Gallo if they'd be interested in doing it and they were gracious enough to say yes and we literally had the song recorded, went in the studio and in one night we recorded all the vocals for Raise a Glass with Vinny uh, doing all the choruses and Mike Gallo actually singing on the two verses. Like we went in the studio. I kind of had an idea for the verses, and literally, Mike Gallo was like, "How about this?" And we literally just rewrote lyrics right there on the spot and recorded them. And the song just came out like fantastic. It's like a, you know, to me, it's really like a celebration of like the good times, the bad times. You know, people that are that are here, people that are no longer here. You know, all the shit you wish you never did in your life, all the stuff you're so happy that you did in your life. And it's really, a, I mean, I dig it. It's a great song. I mean, no disrespect to Dylan. You know, like, <laughs> little, <laughs> like you know, but the reality was, you know, it, it was a great song. And like I said, you know, the fact that they 
agreed and wanted to do it meant so much to all of us. And I think the final product is just a great, um, you know, like sing-along hardcore song. It's just a great, great song, you know. It's a I fun song. It's a we, great song. I mean, I don't know. Somebody else we rehearsed say it, it sucks, but. We <laughs> rehearsed it for the first time with me doing vocals the other day. And I yeah. went home and I could not get the song out of my fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the reality is this. Like, we're going to have to play the song without Vinny and Gabby. Like, whenever you do a song with somebody else, like, we're going to have to do the song. So, like, we even agree, like, okay, I'll sing the first two lines of the song when we play it live. And Dylan, you just start singing. And you know what? By the end of it, everybody in the band is just singing the song like over <laughs> each other. But that's that, the kind of song that it is, you know? And, that, and, uh, that to me is like the ideal approach to doing that, though. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest. Like, you know, Dylan sings it way better than I would. You know what I mean? He sounded like great on it. So, you know, but it's one of those songs like, Anybody could come up and sing it any night and just sing along with it. Like the crowd could sing the song. And whether there's five people or 500 people or 5,000 people, like I think it's, you know, that's, that's what it's about. You know, it's like, it's exciting. Like that's why you do it. That's why you still at 38 years old play music. I that mean, was a joke. 38 I mean, was a joke. No, I mean, this, I wasn't sure if we were committing to that. I'm like, is Dan going to 38 or what? Uh, because oh, really? I'm not even 38, and I'm the youngest guy in the band by at least nine years, I think. <laughs> oh, God. I tell you, Jay looks, he looks like 30 years old. I, I don't even know how old Jay is. Our bass player, Jay Calvin. We know. No clue. <laughs> long, long as long as he's long as he's able to play in twenty one yeah. and over shows, that's yeah. that's what matters, right? Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> the, right. the point that you know the the point of, of the question was like, yeah, you know, yeah, we have all these songs recorded, um, but I really feel like it's not even the songs we have recorded. Like since we went in the studio in April and recorded all those songs, we have like. Another six, seven, eight songs that I think are much better than some of the stuff that we recorded. So there's never going to be a time where we just release whatever, like all this. Like it's got to, you know, you have to find the band. You have to find the sound of the band. And I think that that is what we were that over the last four, three, four months. That's what we were able to do is really find the band, like, you know, the sound of the band and the direction of the band. Um, and, you know, I, I would say of those 14 songs, maybe six or seven of them people will never hear. Because the newer material that we haven't even recorded some of it yet, I think is much more what the band is about. And especially with, you know, Dylan being the vocalist of the band, it has completely taken on like another direction again. You know what I mean? So some of those songs, you know, they remember they might they might be pretty good songs for where we were at then, but now six months later we're in a totally different place. I you know it, what I mean? It's it's awesome uh that you guys are able to kind of find that, you know, this early into it. Um doing what we do, we we cover a lot of, of uh newer bands who uh you know, we might hear their first EP and then it's three albums later where we're like Oh, it sounds like they found their 
their sound. Like this right. is likely what you'll hear going forward, that which kind of makes it uh, interesting because those those first couple of releases might be a whole mix of different things where right. you can tell right. like during recording they're trying to figure out what they're doing. Uh, well, maybe they weren't ready to to actually record. Maybe they really weren't ready to actually. And look, it's also hard. Like you gotta understand. Like you know, there's a lot of gr- like some people take a lot of time to write. You know, like I know me. Like I write in bunches. Like if I'm on like a certain like I feel a certain way and I'm writing songs in clusters. You know what I mean? And then and it might just be an idea. And then. Now it's awesome. It's like I have this idea. I I give that idea to Dylan or I give that idea to Larry or Larry sends me an idea. I have like there's a perfect example. We have a song called Remember that's not recorded. It'll definitely be recorded for the album, but it but it's not recorded. So Larry just sends me a text message one day with this little noodle of him kind of like talking and playing this, uh, this, it's like a little piece of a song. You know what I mean? And he sends it to me, and I listen to it, and I picked up like an acoustic guitar in my, in my living room, and I started to play it a little bit. What he sent me is great, but it's a little piece of what the song now is. Do you know what I mean? So that's like people working together like collaborating together so he had this song and it was like you know do you remember do you remember the time we used to laugh a lot like whatever it was and then i wrote a a whole nother song on top of what he wrote and that is that is the greatest thing about playing in a band and collaborating with people that you really like understand, you know what I mean? So then we go to rehearsal and we start playing the song and now I can, I already hear Dylan's voice on the song like you know what I mean? Like, and then we introduce it to somebody else and some other songs, you know, some other songs uh, honestly I I just had the whole song written and that was it. And then we put it together, but then Larry he heard something else and then we rewrote a written song. You know, Dylan ca- Dylan came in He's completely rewriting lyrics, and now because the reality is, you have to make it yours. Like if you're the singer of a, a, a of a fucking hardcore band, like you got to make it yours. Like if you're not comfortable doing something, you shouldn't do it. And that's right. real. You know what I mean? That <laughs> is like I'm not gonna tell Dylan. You know, Dylan. Like this is you have to do. That. Like he's got to make it his. And that is that's where I think, you know. That's where I think like like really good bands come together. When you well, let each it, guy do what he hears uh, and add that to the song. And, well, it, and it all ties back to what you were talking about, how a band should be a family. And I mean, I couldn't agree more. The, the fact that you're able to collaborate like that and, you know, all come together to write these songs like that makes me really look forward to this. Frankly. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell Larry the Hunter, don't play that guitar part. Like, if that's what he hears and that's what he, like, fucking play the guitar. I, yeah, great. Sounds, okay, uh, uh, whatever. Will, will we rearrange something around it? You know, I'm going to tell Dylan, don't, I don't, you know, I don't like, uh, I don't like those words. That's what it, that's what it is to him. 
Like, that's what he hears. That's what he feels. He's got to do it, you know? Um, and then ultimately, when you, you know, and you, you know, when you write, when you're in the writing process, at the end of it, when you listen to the song, if you just don't think it's as good as the other stuff you have, don't release it. Nobody has to hear it. You know <laughs> what I mean? The, the, the most, the greatest thing, the most fun is writing the music, is the process of creating the sound and, you know, creating the songs. That is like, that's why so many guys are music junkies, you know, because they love the process of doing it and creating it. You know, it's no different than like a painter, like a guy loves to paint. If he's painting a picture and he thinks it's coming out like shit, he's going to bag it. He's not going to sell it. If he has any his names on, if, it, you if, know, if he has any substance to him, he's going to bag it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> God, I was I have to say of all the of all the perspectives I think we've gotten uh, doing interviews for the show, that had to be one of the most in-depth and interesting that I think I've ever heard. I don't know. I just, I just started talking. I have no idea what I mean. Dan's a very interesting, <laughs> in-depth guy. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, Dan, you do seem like the kind of guy I could just ask about this shit for hours. So yeah, I, guess, well, I guess it works out, right? I guess I have an opinion. Well, I mean, it's 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 your band. You have the right to an opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's well, our band, you know. Yeah, that's your yeah your guys' band. Absolutely. Oh God, but I uh, I kind of personally wanted to ask you about the the Mucky Pup days because I I was telling you before the show I just heard Mucky Pup for the first time. <laughs> Phil, what was it? An hour and a half ago? Two hours ago? Yeah, probably about two hours. Yeah, I mean, then I got then I got about five minutes into the into uh, can't you take a joke? I'm like, I'm sold. Like yeah. this, I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> it's great. It's well, been. you know what, man? It's just like it's a product of the times. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah. I mean, those songs were can't you take a joke? Boy and a man's were like those songs were written in eighty six, eighty seven. Wow. You know, like you know, years and years ago, but like that is, you know that. Like, that's what a 16-year-old thinks about, writes about. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, I don't have political views, really. I'm not. But, like, when I was a kid, and it was, like, you know, Oliver North, and the contrast, and I was like, you know, Mr. President, your poly, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just start, like, writing, you know, funny, dumb shit. You know, Mucky Pup was, like, supposed to be, like, very lighthearted, uh, almost like a comedy, you know, like, like like a thrash. It was like a thrash, hardcore comedy band, you know. Yeah, but, but at the same time, also kind of a fuck you to Ronald Reagan and Oliver North, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. But like, honestly, do you really think I knew what the fuck I was talking about? <laughs> I mean, no, I had no clue. You know, I knew that I was disgusted by Adolf Hitler. Like the thought, <laughs> like I knew that. And so it was like, you know, Adolf Hitler, a dangerous man. I thought he, I heard he got caught with his dick in his head. I don't know, I mean, I'm 15 years old. Like, I know what I'm talking about. It, it was, it, it's a product of the times. You know, and I've said 150,000 times, like, Mucky Pup, great. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a lot of those outlandish songs. You know, uh, some of them I, I really love, like PTL, uh, you know, We Want Your Money. Like, I, I love that song. You know, Batman the Butt Ripper, I think, is funny, but like, <laughs> You know, like I had heard this like 
fable, like this, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like there was this like story that these kids from school went to Patterson and, to get like a prostitute and they went in and paid and they put him in a hotel room and this huge guy in a Batman suit jumped out of the closet, and, <laughs> you know, and I wrote a song called Batman the Butter. You know what I mean? Like, cause I was 15, 16 years old, you know, probably not really doing what I was supposed to be doing in terms of taking care of my body and my mind. And that, that's what a 15, 16, 17 year old kid thinks about, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I, we should, it, I think it's important to note that. So like all these songs, uh, the Kings never die songs, a lot of them were written without a vocalist. So I was, I came in late and to me, when Dan asked me to join, I mean, I would, I grew up listening to Mucky Pup and Doggy Dog. We, I'd be in bands and like, we would play Mucky Pup songs just to fuck around in my basement. So, I mean, to me, it's like, I never I knew know. that. Really? See, <laughs> see, see, I, see, I mean, that being said, I'm still going to deep dive into all the Mucky Pup shit starting like I as, mean, soon, as soon as we're done recording. I, I'm going to deep dive into all of it. I have a Mucky Pup playlist on Spotify. It's just every Mucky Pup song. Yeah. My favorite Mucky Pup album is A Boy in a Man's World. That, I mean, to me, like, I really, you know, I, I, that's my favorite album. Um, but for whatever it's worth. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to listen to a, an album, I think that is really the album to listen to. All right. That's fair. Well, I mean, I've, like, I've pretty much blown through the entire debut, like most of it anyway, so I guess I'll probably move on to Boy in a Man's World next. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. I'm, I'm a little that's... more partial to now, but, but Boy in a Man's World is a Look, classic. If, if, if you knew me at all, you'd realize that I'm, I'm just going to listen to all this shit like I'm, I'm gonna yeah. deep dive, I'm gonna dive down the rabbit hole, and I'm not gonna come out for a while. Good, yeah, it's all good, you know. And and it's crazy, like the difference. You know, Mucky Pup was after we recorded a Boy in a Man's World. I act. That's when I actually left the band, and I wound up auditioning for Murphy's Law and played in Murphy's Law for like you know a year to a year and a half. And, um. So after we recorded A Boy in a Man's World, I left. I didn't do any of the touring for that album, nothing. And the guys that, that you know, my, one of my best friends, Sean Kilkenny, wound up playing guitar. He replaced me in Mucky Pup. He played guitar. And Dave Niebuhr, who's the bass player of Dog Eat Dog, he was the bass player on the album A Boy in a Man's World. And John Connor, the singer of Dog Eat Dog, was uh the guy that toured with mucky pup you know he helped out like you know with uh you know tour managing he went up on stage he sang songs with them whatever and after uh after those a boy in a man's world tours uh and i realized that like you know murphy's law was like incredible like what a gr unbelievable life experience and i was so grateful but i did realize that like I was not Murphy's Law. You know what I mean? Like, I was, let's say, Dan from Mucky Pup. You know what I mean? So after A Boy in a Man's World, when Mucky Pup had to do another album, uh, I wound up going uh, back to, to Mucky Pup, and that's when we did the Now album. And the Now album had, like, you know, Hippies Hate Water on it. And, Which is a great uh, fucking title, by the way. <laughs> well, it was my father, actually. You know, really? 
Well, my family business, we used to pave driveways. Mm. We had like a paving company. Yeah. And my father used to just like, we'd be sweating our nuts off. He would just take out a hose and just start spraying all the guys that worked with him. And they would all run. And he would say, hippies hate water. <laughs> <laughs> and he used to always say it. So I, you know, so it's it kind of, that, you know, that's how that song kind of, you know, came about, I'd say. But, but, uh, but when that happened, Dave, Sean, and John, since I came back to do the third Mucky Pup album, they were like, pretty much, fuck this. And they started their own band. And they started jamming in Dave's basement. And they the the name the original name of Dog Eat Dog, the band was called F Troop. And after we did the Now album, then we went on tour for the Now album. That was the tour. Uh, the first big tour we did was we went back to Europe. You know, Monkey Pup always did really well in Europe. I mean, I mean, we were, you know, I'm not saying like we were one of the first bands to ever go to Europe, but but we were one of the first bands that ever went to Europe. You know what I mean? 19, 1988, uh, no, 1980, late 1988, 1989, we were already touring Europe, like on the Can't You Take a Joke album. Um, and so they, they, they started playing and writing some songs while we did the Now album and we went, you know, we had this tour in Europe booked and, uh, Biohazard, actually, Chris Milnes brought Biohazard as the opener for that. That was the first time Biohazard was ever in Europe. Their first album just came out. Oh, Chris wow. Milnes loved Biohazard. Uh, we all wound up just loving the band. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so raw, di you know, different. But we brought Biohazard out on that tour as the opener. And after the tour and, you know, whatever else transpired, I really felt like, you know, I'm I'm done with like music. You know, I, I had I had met my wife. I knew I wanted to get married. Um, you know, things were changing. You know, I was really kind of growing up. And what happened was <clears throat> they were jamming in Dave's basement. So after I got home from all the touring and everything from from now, they were like, hey, you know, why don't you come down and check out what we're doing? So I went to Dave's house house one day and they played uh they played this song funnel king and i was like wow like that's so like i dig that you know what i mean and i basically just wound up starting to jam with them and the name f troop was just god awful <laughs> and we wound we wound up renaming the band dog eat dog and we picked up a, you know, we had a, this guy, Mark Mary, who was playing drums originally. And then we got Mopey to play drums. And I was always like, you know, I'm a huge Ice Cube fan. I love, loved Ice Cube, like America's Most Wanted. Nice. Death Certificate, like that. And I was, re and I really, I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to be in a funny band. And, you know, I just, I, if I was going to do something, I wanted it to be a little different. But Dog Eat Dog really wound up being a product of, to me, like th when I heard them play the song Funnel King, like a thousand miles an hour. And I was like, you know, let's slow it down. And we wound up just starting to play together. And look, we were all influenced by Leeway heavily. We were influenced by hip hop. Uh, every guy in the band liked different types of music. 
you know, I was always into weird music. Like I liked, you know, I liked hardcore bands. I liked the doors. I liked hip hop. John Connor liked hip hop. Uh, we were into a lot of different stuff, but, but doggy dog really became a product of the four of us in Dave's basement doing pretty much what me, Larry, Dylan, and Jay and John are doing is just banging it out. Like finding out who are we and doggy dog did that in Dave's basement and Kings never die. We did it a little bit more of like a modern way, but we did it through making sure we had the right people who all really care about each other. And, you know, we write a little bit differently through sending stuff on the phone and get, you know, cause times are just different. I don't have time to be hanging out in Dylan's basement every night. <laughs> <laughs> I got, you know, we all have bills to pay. We have families. And that's what, that's really what the band is about. Like, we all have families. We all have kids. We all have responsibility. We all have bills. I, I really never made a dime off music. You know, the Dog Eat Dog, All Borough Kings album sold a million, million whatever copies. Like, never made a dime off it. Totally got robbed. All the publishing, bad whatever record deal. I don't know, whatever the fuck happened. So we're certainly not doing it for the money and I never did it for the money, but you know, I really feel like this kind of feels the same way it did when me, Chris and, and Booge were in his garage in Bergenfield putting Mucky Pup together the way that me, Dave, Sean and John were in Dave's basement finding doggy dog. And I think we did the same thing here. You know what I mean? It's just, time period separated from one another yeah uh yeah just kind of getting back to your roots but in a in a modernized kind of way um i i think one of the most impressive things is that you you find the time you know with all of those responsibilities uh to to still pull all of this together i mean we uh we struggle to do a podcast once a week yeah we really uh, do and uh you know the the between songwriting and rehearsing and recording all of these things, uh, you know, it's got to be difficult to find that kind of time. I would say we all have incredibly supportive wives and families. Yeah, that's true. Right, because I'm just, you know, I mean, in addition, you know, like all of us have to work full time. And, you know, I coach high school football on top of this, plus music like it's plus I have three kids. You know, my kids are older than than the other guys in the band. You know, my my oldest son is 24. My youngest son is 22. My daughter's 19. You know, both my sons play college football. My my younger son, this is his last year, his senior year playing college football. My daughter dances at Rutgers. She's on the Rutgers, you know, dance team. Um. Yeah, it's a lot. And and I'm really realizing like it's too much like, you know, I'm going to have to really start to prioritize things, you know. And a lot of it depends on like the band and like what happens with the band. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, I think that's the the hardest part because not only do you have, you know, your life and your responsibilities and priorities to be concerned with, but then you have to plan around everyone else's as well. Yeah, I mean, but everybody does. Every guy in the band has to. Every guy in the right. band is making a commitment to 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 doing this because they love to do it. 
And and if they didn't love what we were doing, they shouldn't be doing it, and they wouldn't be doing it, you know. So it's a credit. It, it it's a credit to everybody. But I got to be honest, like it's really about people hearing the music, and you know, as long as people still enjoy it and want to hear it, you know, it, it could be us or anybody else. Like there's going to be people that just love to do it and want to supply it, you know. Yeah. No, I mean that makes sense. Um... Now, it, in the middle of all of this, I know you were involved with uh, Leeway NYC. Is that uh, are you still involved with that as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I uh, about two years ago, I went to go see Leeway play out in West Jersey, and I saw and Matty Pasta was playing guitar, and Eddie, I've you know always loved Eddie, and really, really. Uh, happy for him, like how he's just completely got, you know, turned his life around for years though. It's been, but you know, the guy is so talented. I'm a huge leeway fan. And we just started a conversation and started to talk about music and he wanted some new music. He wanted to do like new leeway. And I was like, Hey, I got tons of, I, you know, I got, I think I got some leeway songs and uh, long story short, got together i had one song you know i look if i was gonna work and write some leeway songs i wanted them to do like the leeway name justice you know what i mean i I didn't want to just like do whatever and uh i'm happy with what with what we came out with i really am i think eddie did an incredible job vocally and writing uh the lyrics on it and i'm happy with the music so we did the two songs, and I actually just wrote another. Uh, I just wrote another leeway song that we're going to record, which is, I think, way more like "Born to Expire" leeway-ish. You know what I mean? And we have no, another that song that we that already recorded. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm happy to do it. Like I, you know, and I've been I'm playing leeway shows. Um, I did the U.S. tour. I couldn't do the European tour. I was originally going to do it. It was supposed to be like nine dates, and then it turned into like twenty something dates. And you know, I got like I, I just couldn't go out on the road for a month and have to pay my bills and etc. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's crazy. Is yeah, that... yeah. He's talking about recording a live album. Um, so yeah, I mean, I you know, I love to do it. Now is that? I mean. Um... You know, it's it's one thing writing for your other bands, but when you're writing specifically, you know, trying to make a, a leeway song, is it a big change in your writing process? No, because I love leeway. That's fair. Like I love the band, and you know, like I am not AJ Novello. I mean, the guy is just fucking like, you know, I grew up a fan and loving everything that they did, and. So it's never going to be, you know, that real. You know what I mean? Like, I wish the original Leeway would just all play together. Like, the last couple Leeway shows, we played the Black and Blue Ball, and we just played Niagara A7, and Michael Gibbons played guitar on both of those gigs. Like, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> I get to play rhythm with Michael Gibbons playing guitar, you know. like Dan, so I'm that's, just a, I'm Dan, just that's how I feel fan. about playing with you. What's that? <laughs> that's how I feel about playing with you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know what I mean. Like you grow up li- like 
li- like loving, you know, I, I love the band Lipe. So to me, it's like just a, it's like an honor to be able to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, it's got to be crazy. I can't even imagine. I, I mean, it's incredible to be able to stay objective to to kind of dial the uh, thrash knob up a little bit and, and 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 do what you consider justice to leeway, and then still be able. Yeah, to I mean, write. you know, I mean, I I hope people enjoy, uh, I hope people enjoy it and they like, you know, what we're doing with it, and, you know. I don't really have that much more to say about it. You know what I mean? Like the song I'm your pusher. I mean, it did really well, you know I mean? The song definitely, uh, was everywhere. You know what I mean? So, and I'm happy for Eddie. Like I, you know, the guy deserves it. You know, like I truly, uh, I truly am grateful that I was, you know, I'm able to, to make music with the guy, you know? Well, I mean, I know in particular I'm looking forward to it because, look, Born to Expire and The Age of Quarrel were like, those were my introduction to hardcore a few years ago. And it's it's like, as soon as I heard those, I was like, okay, like this, this is something I haven't been giving a fair chance. And maybe those are two of the greatest albums ever recorded. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) dude, dude, you know, Victim in Pain, you uh, know what? Murphy's Law, Murphy's Law, Back with a Bong. Uh, I mean, I just go on and on and, and on. You know, you know what I mean? You know, like, what it's, you know what it's been for me on almost constant rotation for the past couple weeks? All of a sudden, it was the sheer terror debut. Mm, yeah. Just can't just can't hate enough is just fucking... <laughs> right. You know, see, me for me, maybe it's also the Kel- the, the blatant Celtic Frost influence on that album. Yeah. Because I, I, you know what? I really like Morbid Tales into Megatherion, okay? So that jumped out at me right away. Right. And, man, it's, well, it's do, do yourself a good. favor. It's Do so yourself a favor. Good. I will. Get in your car when you have a ride. Like, you know, when you have, like, you know you got to drive for an hour or so. Yeah. And put, sick of it all, just look around. Oh, mm. Fucking I mean, do. like, that to me is one of the five greatest hardcore albums ever. Like, that album, I heard that and I was like, holy shit. You know, and then every sick of it all album after, like that's you know, like that that shit goes on the needle, and you know it's them immediately. You know what I mean? There's so many great, great albums to li- like front to back to listen to. That's another great one. Just look around, built to last. You know, sick of it all might have th- three, four, five of the best. You know, to me at least. I mean, I'm not saying this is you know, but to me, um, by far you know, the greatest hardcore band in the world is sick of it all to me. I'm just, you know, again, like just a huge fan of like everything they do. I, the new stuff is like incredible. Yeah. Know, the new album awake is, is fucking incredible. Oh, it's mind Last blowing. It's like incredible. Like uh, DNC and road, less travel, like song after song of just like, I don't know how the hell they do it. it I don't, I think it's like incredible. The power in it you know what i mean especially yeah i mean you you know you don't expect that from a band uh this far into their career to well that that's the other thing lou is like one maybe the best hardcore frontman ever oh he's Uh, his vocals are incredible he's just amazing incredible you know 
incredible. Like the band is just like on fire. Like the tight best too. live. live I mean, ask fuck. any guy in any band who's the best live band. They're all. I mean, they're all going to say Sick Little is the best live. Everybody, guys in bands, guys that you know. Well, well, goddamn! Now I've now I've had to add uh, "Sick of It All" to my band bucket list. Oh my yeah. god! If you haven't yeah. listened, I mean, that's just like I have. That's I like really, top, you know, I, like y- you absolutely have to dive into it. You know, oh, you I mentioned mean, "Wisdom in Chains" before. Like oh, yeah. that's a different style of hard band. Like you know, the the writing is incredible. The musicians are. I mean, listen. You know, Armin's one of the greatest drummers, hardcore drummers. I, you know, I saw an interview where Pete, Pete was talking about Armin, and he was like speaking about, you know, how good Armin is as a drummer. And he said, I don't know. It's got to be pretty good. Everybody rips him off continuously. <laughs> you want to know something? Since I heard that, and I'm, I'm like, you want to know something? Everybody is fucking ripping off what he does continuously. Like, the, you know, it's the drumming in Sick of It All is part of the like that's what makes it sound so different and and lose vocals and also a band where the members never changed yeah that's amazing that's impressive you think everybody's not trying to rip off that bass sound you think everybody's (laughs) not trying to rip off that drumming style can anybody like you know again like i'm i'm a fan of like bands like i'm i know i enjoy you know, I have no problem being a fan of like different bands. Like, have you ever seen anybody with more energy on stage than than Pete Kohler playing guitar? Like, how the fuck does he no. play the guitar? I don't even know how he plays it. <laughs> you know, so for me, like, you know, that's like top of the bar. So do yourself a favor. Like, just start from, you know, uh, just look around as the first one I would listen to and just go in chronological order. You know what I mean? And just keep another great sick of it all album is yours truly. Yeah, well, that I don't think people think is like they don't consider it one of the greatest ones. I think it's an incredible sick of it all album. Well, I mean, I'm looking at their discography right now, and man, I have some. There's a lot. Work. I got yours, some yours fucking truly work ahead is of me. My favorite sick of it all album. What's that? Yours truly. Absolutely, man. That's and it sounds favorite. a little different than the other albums. Yeah. No doubt about it. But fucking that song, blown away. Yes. incredible incredible yeah. album man like how many bands have like eight great albums <laughs> not many Jesus. Na- name anybody does you two have eight great albums if you if you like that type of music i don't know i have no idea uh, you even know, if the, you the like it shit. i think they've got like three <laughs> yeah like ak chung baby all you can leave behind and the, and the really old shit that's it you know what i mean like two two of the older albums you know like doesn't matter what type of music it is you have to recognize people that like it it, you know why it's so great it's real it's like who the fuck they are um everybody else is just chasing not everybody else you know you you know what i mean i mean you know biohazard urban discipline state of the world address incredible like i love matalea as well i think matalea is a great fucking album um but whatever that's the beauty of music. Everybody finds something else that they love about whatever it is that they love. Yeah. I, I, um, I mean, one of the things I was curious about, uh, especially coming from a band like dog eat dog, um, where you guys were pretty heavily genre mixing, uh, early on really. And, uh, in, in the past few years, we've seen a lot more of that in newer hardcore bands where they're, straying from 
what you might consider traditional hardcore and really starting to bring in different elements. Um, I mean, have you noticed that? And are there any, you know, modern bands that you're, you're really digging at the moment? Dylan, you pick out yours first. I'm going to think about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really love, uh, I, I like every time I die. Oh yeah. I think, I think they do a great, uh, mashup of just straight up metal, straight up hardcore. They have like this swagger to them Southern rock where they go from hardcore to like, like a cock rock type of vibe. <laughs> uh, so I mean that that's that's the first band off the top of my head. I also, I mean I really love. I listen to I mean more than hardcore. I listen to a lot of uh, like like stoner metal and sludge and stuff like that. So I like a lot of that shit too. Like you know the Sword and Red Fang and Orange Goblin stuff like that. They're not new, but <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I have to apologize. I, I have no to. idea who those bands are. But. You know what? I, well, you that's know what, what makes I, this so great. Did you say cock robber? <laughs> you know what I said, cock rock. Actually, you know what? You know what? I would actually recommend a couple sword albums. Uh, Age oh, of Winners, eight, Age of Winners and Gods of the Earth. Uh, I'm not yeah. a big sword fan, but those two those first two albums are actually pretty Absolutely. incredible. Their their newest album is awful. Just god fucking awful. But. I think I think the last one they put out that I thought was decent was Apocryphon and that was like what 2011, 2012. That is uh, I'm not sure, but that is correct. That's a fact. The, because the one Thank that came you. out after that Thank is pure doo doo. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody else who fucking agrees. Yes. Uh, All right. Dylan. I got. I got a. Gr- I got a great new oh. hardcore band. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how new. This is not new for me to say either. But regulate. <laughs> oh in, my god! In, incredible. Yeah. Now I think regulate have mixed like. I want almost like Metallica style metal with hard, but incredible writing. Like to, you know, uh, new hardcore bands if they, if they're new, uh, top of the list as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, their um, their set at this is hardcore this year was always great, outstanding. always great. I remember. Being... I actually I played the pre party last year at this is hardcore. I played with Leeway, and then another set right after with yeah. Dog Eat Dog. We did yeah, the, Phil, the, pre, Phil and the I pre-party. Were... I couldn't get there this year because it was the only week that I had a family vacation. <laughs> and if I had told my wife, oh, I'm going to go to This Is Hard, I, I literally <laughs> she would have been laying on the floor like body parts. Would have been off, I couldn't blame her. But, you know, funny story, Phil and I were actually at that show, for the, the pre-show for This Is Hardcore last year. Oh, really? uh, I was I was pissed off because I really really wanted to see Iron Price, fucking right. absolutely fantastic band. We got Phil, didn't we get there like five minutes after their set? Like fucking right hit. when they finished up. Oh yeah. god, Phil will tell you, man, I was pissed. But as soon as as yeah. soon as Leeway came on, I'm like, oh, it's all better. It's fine now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a fun night. That was great. And it was, had, you know, after it, they had like the club stayed open, and I, I, I if I, if I. I think it was the first time they did a pre-show. You know, I'd listened actually to Joe McKay to, uh, you know, Joe Hardcore podcast he did on Ill Street News. I love listening to podcasts, by the way. That was a, that was a good yeah. episode. I'm, I'm all about them. I, 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 mean, I think it's so, in, like, you know, the, you know, first of all, it's incredible that people want to, like, 
people are interested to hear, you know, because you never know what the fuck's going to be said in a podcast. You have no idea what, what anybody's going to talk about. It's, it really just turns into just like this, like a fluent conversation about whatever you talk about. Every time you do a podcast after you're like, man, I wanted to mention this or I wanted to mention this, you know, but it winds up, you know, I, I just think I, I enjoy it. Like, it, you know, if I'm working, I just put podcast on. Yeah. Hey, great. You know, whatever. Uh, uh, Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. Uh, he's got, you know, the Mike Judge on. Boom. I listen to it, you know, Jerry yeah. Farley. Boom. I listen to it. Like it, whoever, it, you know, it, it might be. It's crazy, and there's so many good ones. I mean, you mentioned Ill Street. Uh, those yeah. are good dudes over there. They they're they're yeah. local yeah, to Tim us down and, here. Yeah, yeah. I actually I did the Ill Street podcast actually like a few months ago. It just it, and it came out like a couple weeks. Yeah, ago. I think they they're, just they were like so just released it. Yeah, yeah. But like I knew I couldn't go to this is hardcore this year, so I listened <laughs> to Joe the whole podcast. So I knew. What was coming up at This Is Hardcore this year and what I was missing and, you know, they get into this debate, you know, guys like, you know, Joe's like, hey, fuck you. They're hardcore. <laughs> you know, they had uh, who they had who played uh, This Is Hardcore this year. I forget. They were talking about saves it. The oh. Day? Saves oh, the day. Saves the day. Oh, yeah. yeah saves yep. the day. And guy, you know, and, and they're like, come on. It's not a hardcore band. Joe's like, fuck you. They're a hardcore band. You have no idea. I mean, the fucking kids were there handing out fucking flyers fucking how many years ago. Do it. You know, and he's just telling them, you guys don't know what you're fucking talking about. I'll tell you who a band is. Who uh, is we, yeah. And we get, I mean, we get a lot of exposure to him uh, being right next to the Philly scene. But if there's a, if there's a voice for hardcore out there, uh, Joe is definitely it. Yeah. He's tweeting. All yeah, day. he is. You want to know why? Because the fucking guy did the work. He, fu- he, he is one of the reasons that this scene and hardcore is what it is. Because he, him, and all those guys, they put the work in every year to put that on. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, played he was... down there in Philly. I played a Leeway show with, you know, Madball, Wisdom and Chains, Us and Regulate. It was like the greatest show I ever saw just because I was there and I was able to see it. Joe, Joe put that show on. He's, he, you know, I'm about to, I'm about to, to reach out to him and beg him to get to, you know, to put us on a couple shows, you know, I'm sure if he's he, listening, he, I'm sure he would. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's been booking shows here since he was 15, like writing yeah. handwritten yeah. letters to sick of it all to get them to come play yeah. in oh Philly. <laughs> yeah. So that's the real deal right there. Like there's no, you know, if he fucking, I mean, the, and, and the show is incredible every year. The way he puts the bands on, how he builds it, you know, who goes on what days. He knows how to intermingle the crowds, get people together. Like, oh, it's yeah. an incredible accomplishment, like, oh, what they're I mean, doing. I mean, the fucking guy gets me out all the way from West Oregon. I mean... West Oregon? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm I'm on the Oregon coast, man. My son might be moving to Oregon, Sun River. You should tell him he should. It's a nice place. Well, his, uh, his girlfriend... Uh, Ho- okay. hopefully soon to be wife uh she has family uh, out there so they visit no shit. yeah and you know he might have an opportunity for like a, a police job out there oh, he's actually interviewing now so oh shit wow. yeah but you know i don't want my grandchildren in oregon <laughs> that's fair not that i'm <laughs> no. old enough to have grandchildren but if i yeah. was old enough to have <laughs> 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 no but i mean 
I mean, just like this is hardcore is enough to get me out there every year. And yeah, I mean, both both years Incredible, I've been out, right? But yeah, how many I've, other people? The yeah. guy has fucking bands from Japan. Mm-hmm. He has yeah. bands play from I don't fucking Nicaragua, wherever the fuck they're from. Like nobody is committed to the scene more than him. Oh he no, is I, you know? I mean, so you know, I'm just saying. Like if he says this is the way it is, that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah, pretty accurate. Um, we don't want to take up too much more of your time here. Um, you know, when uh, do we have release dates on the the new uh, Kings Never Die material? Raise the glass. The, yeah, I got to get that shit pre-ordered. Yeah, the the EP should be out. I would say end of October, very beginning of November. Everything is done. The only thing we still have to submit is the is the cover. And we're actually waiting for an artist to finish, uh, like the new logo. Like we've really used very generic logoing because I, I, I really don't. You, you gotta like kind of find what you, what you really think represents the band. You know what I mean? Do you ever see somebody's logos and you can't fucking read them? <laughs> yes, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the death metal guy of the show. I was, I was just gonna say, I'm like that dude definitely has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like, live, yeah, I live it. I love some of that, like, old English calligraphy-looking, you know, like, graffiti mix. I love it. It looks awesome. But if you can't read it, I mean. I I mean, that's uh, what always killed, like, you know, this is hardcore. gets so many bands. And then you look at the the flyer that has all of them on there, and some of the logos are so small. And because of all of those intricate details, it's like, I don't even, I don't know what that is. It's too tiny. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. a blotch. Yeah. Well, well, the, that that's the plan. The plan is, you know, we we release the single early to get it out. Um it is football like selfishly for me it's football season. So everything worked <laughs> out calendar-wise really good. Right now I'm like in two days every day from God, I'm working like at night and we're rehearsing, you know. So, you know, we have uh, we're playing our first show uh, Sunday, September 15th at Niagara, which is the old A7 um, in New York City for Drew Stone, who you guys uh, familiar with Drew Stone? Uh, I'm drawing a It's okay, right guys. Now. You can say no. Yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew Stone has done videos for everybody. I mean, he did old biohazard videos he's done he's a filmmaker he does new york hardcore he has those films he did the uh did the documentary on michael lago he is really brilliant um filmmaker and you know he's the singer of antidote he is just like oh shit okay part of the fabric of the scene so what he did was he worked somehow he worked out getting the A7 Sunday matinees back like from like the early 80s when there was matinees at A7 every fucking Sunday and then it switched over to CB's like late 80s 90s right um but he brought that whole series back the you know back to New York <clears throat> back to New York hardcore roots so um actually Leeway we just played there last month we did a, a Leeway show which was great with Enrage and Gilligan's Island, uh, Gilligan's Revenge played, and this uh, next month, September fifteenth, Sunday, uh, we're playing with 
uh, no redeeming social value and oh, shit. Yeah, oh, so and it's awesome. So it's it's really the the perfect first show for us to play uh, our first show. And again, like we're just super grateful that Drew, uh, you know, asked us to do it and allowed us to do it. And then essentially we're trying, you know, then the the Razor Glass EP should be out the very end of October, beginning of November. Um, and that is on Upstate Records and in Europe on Cortex exclusive. And then the album is what we're working on now because the EP is kind of already in the bag. So now we're already working on the album and, uh, you know, we're just really trying to partner with the right uh, people. I wouldn't even say labels. I would say like people like Upstate Records. That's like Mario and Kim. Like that's great people. All the guys like in like up there in that area, upstate Black Blue, you know, Mike Valente, and, all, like, they have really helped us so much from where we started. And, uh, you know, so, like, Upstate Records will be a part of everything that we do, period. Um, but we do need partner labels as well in Europe and in the United States. I mean, the United States, we could re- absolutely just release it on Upstate Records, but we also have to work with a label in Europe uh, as well. So we're planning on that. And the reality is we really just need the final financing to get the album done. Uh, we know for sure that we want Jerry Farley to, to, to mix and finish the album for us. Um, you know, already spoke to him and he's committed to doing it. And absolutely that is a no brainer. And but we'd like to record two or three more songs so that when that first album comes out, it's not just what we have ready. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. We spoke yeah. about that. Dylan, you agree with that as well, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's got to be <clears throat> 10 or 11 of the absolute best songs we have. Like, I'm a big believer. We'll just write, you know, we'll write more after that. Like, let people hear the best shit you have. Don't waste time with fucking, you know, filler. You know, who was that band? All killer, no filler, whatever. Some forty one. Was that some forty one? Was that fucking bullshit? <laughs> and it's that's like, it. Did we, you hear we that aspire, album? We aspire no, I, to be some forty one. I actually, I used to own. That, I used to, I used to own that album because I was a kid when it came out, and yeah. Yeah. now I Listen, imagine if I imagine if I listened back to it, I probably wouldn't enjoy it much. But you know, there's no yeah. judgment. Listen, we all have. Uh, what do you call those? Uh, guilty pleasures? Yes, thank you. Guilty see, pleasures. See, here's the thing. I don't. I don't <laughs> feel guilty about any of the shit that I listen oh, to. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Really? See, I, <laughs> dude, I just spent I just spent like 20 minutes before this interview talking about Boz Skaggs. Do you think I have fucking guilty pleasures? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, look, the reality, <laughs> like, you know, I said, like, man, I've written some stuff that just sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just been going in the wrong direction but it is what it is you know you know like i i really feel like we we don't have it's it's not worth it we don't have time to like just throw shit up against the wall you know what i mean like we got to move in one direction forward yeah that's would you say we'd have to trim the fat dan yeah that's funny but I like that album. You have no idea. Yeah. No, I fucking hate it. 
In any case, uh, you know, it it is. A, but, but that is that is the plan. And the plan is that, you know, we want to get that album out. Like if the EP comes out uh, early November, if that's realistic, which totally is because it's half of it's already submitted already and we're already in the process, then uh, I would say by February, like I'm going to freak out if we don't have the album out by February, <laughs> like the full length album. You know what I mean? Because it has to be about production and getting music out, especially a new band people like you have to you have to continuously be releasing uh uh yep. music and and if we're not i'm just gonna start fucking sending it out on my own i'm just gonna post it and be like listen to this song like <laughs> I, I really don't give a shit look we're not like you don't make money releasing <laughs> mu like you don't make money on albums like there's no money nobody's doing the shit for the money you know what i mean you want to make money be a great band and go out on the road and get paid to play that's how you make money that, right yeah absolutely and Especially i mean merchandise yeah you it, know it, merchandise you, you, the writing the band is because you love to do it the music is because you love to do it nobody's getting paid you know what i mean even when even when i was even when i sold albums i never got paid fuck that's a whole nother story yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, another episode but i mean as, as far dylan, as dylan dylan how what? much money have you made off robots and monsters? Millions? I mean, I'd say it's somewhere between two point five and three million. Right. Okay. All right. That's, well, that's dog, dog, I made between I made between two point five and three thousand. No, I mean no. If, if I had to go back in the finances, I'm sure either even or you know minus a thousand. Yeah, of course, man. Like you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is it is what it is, but. Uh, but look, honestly, just so grateful that that we get to do this. Super grateful that people like you guys and all the other media streams are interested in it. Like, unbelievably grateful that the response has been what it's been to the actual music, you know, to the song that people have heard to this point. And, you know, and I'm excited about it because, like, in my opinion, that's not. Like, I don't think it's like, I think it's, I mean, I, I like the song, but I, I certainly, it's like one of our better, you know, I don't think it's like the better material. Well, and, I, mean, I mean, look at it this way. Uh, I've heard it once and I've never heard this new band before at all. And I'm already kind of like, where can I pre-order this? Right. Because everybody loves the singer. That's what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, fuck that guy can fucking rip it up. I mean, but the first thing you hear are those those sumptuous guitar tones. Those see, that's right. See, Dan, here's the thing, man. Uh, I'm a guitar player, so right. you might you might have me you might have had me uh, pegged wrong there, man. Yeah. Well, Larry's a really good guitar player. What can I tell you? You know, <sighs> I'm just like. A rhythm guitar player like I play the way I play and you know I don't like you know it's so funny like I don't even play guitar like if I'm not p rehearsing or have it like I don't play guitar like for fun you know what I mean like even when I write a song I don't write it on the guitar I I hear it in my head I, I you know I'm like old-school like I have like you know those voice the memo on your iPhone yeah voice memo is that what it's called yeah. and I, I literally like I just start humming like you know, we got, we got, we got the power, you know. Like, I, I, I chant things into a phone. And then when I think I have a decent enough idea, 
Then I go to the guitar and I figure out how to play it. No joke. Like, well, and, and I got to be honest, like, that is kind of like the new way that I've been writing. And I really enjoy it because then I get to, like, figure out the song I think I wrote on guitar. And then I get to share it with other people. And then they change it. And they have their ideas. And they make it better. And, I, and, and, and it works. I think it works. I think, it, you know, I think it's been great. So, well, you know, again, it's about the enjoyment of being able to uh, create music with other people, like, together, uh, like, in a process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it certainly worked out for the uh, for that first song. I mean, we're all – you're giving us a awesome. lot to look forward to here yeah, with, uh, with an EP and an album release coming up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the hype is real. The hype is building up. Good, man. So, you know, can you get us, like, a great tour or something? <laughs> I, I wish we had that good capability. Shows we can play? You, know, you know what? I, I kind of wish I could get you out here to, to fucking tear up and scare the shit out of my little hick town. Yeah. <laughs> you, have well, no idea, well, you have no idea how much I would love to see you guys just, like, level this place. All reality, the EP is coming out you know, let's say beginning of November. So the plan is December, January, February, March is to j literally, you know, we're, we're obviously trying to work on that now. Like, you know, should we get a booking agent? Should we DIY it? Should we, you know, like what should we do? But like, I know this, it's great that people are interested in everything, but you have to have more music. If you want to go out on the road, if you want to play great shows, It'd be nice if people actually knew or heard some of the music. You know what I'm yeah, saying? One song yeah. is not going to cut it. Like, we're going to yeah. play Ace <clears throat> Niagara, and we're going to play Before My Time, and people have heard it for sure. I mean, you know, people messaging and everything. Like, that's great. And then we're going to play seven more songs nobody's ever heard. And everybody's going to look at us like, and that's okay. Like, you know, because you have to be realistic with what you expect. We just want people to hear the band you know so it's gonna take some time but uh but we certainly appreciate um the opportunity to be able to do this today for sure oh we're, we're thrilled that you guys came on Absolutely. Uh, this was awesome we we're all really looking forward to it so uh th i mean thank you again i think we've already taken up about an hour of your time or so here Whatever, uh, Dylan's got all day, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I sure uh, do. Well, we uh, we hope to see you on uh, on some shows in Philly in the near future. You got to talk to your buddy over there and ha ask him to hook us up. We'll we'll, we'll we'll try. I don't think we have much uh, much clout in anything, but uh, <laughs> you know, not with Joey. No. Not We'll uh, we'll tell all of our listeners to to bug Joe and Chris until they either put you on a show or find out that we sent them and and they murder us. So. <laughs> but yeah. Better better yet, hopefully he'll get you on this is hardcore so I can see you next year. Yeah, that would be outstanding, man. Yeah, like I would we would up. we would like just be so yeah that would be grateful amazing. for the opportunity to be able to do that. So you know, hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. Hopefully, well, it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys, and uh, we we'd love to we'd love to do this again sometime once you got some more material out and uh, of course you know some other things to talk about. Yeah, man, thanks okay. for having us. Next uh, time we do this, though, you, you got to just talk to Dylan. 
because I've out, I, I've completely <laughs> burned the airways. You know what I mean? Talk to him. Talk to Larry. Like just. To, uh, oh yeah. It's we, always good. Hey, in all reality, it's always good. Like nobody ever wants to hear from the same person. All you know what I mean? Like you know. Uh, I mean, I'm really happy that like I've you know been able to do like you know whatever, however many podcasts and and stuff. But in all honesty, like I. I want other people, uh, I want, like, the other guys in the band really to do most of, um, you know, when it comes to, like, interviews or media, like, I, I think it's something that everybody in the band should be a part of doing, really do. I, I feel as strongly, just like I feel like, you know, okay, that's great. Some, you know, some guys have some history in the band and everything, but who really gives a shit, you know what I mean? Like, who really cares, like... Listen to what we're doing now. Do you like? Do you dig it? Great. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And we'd love to talk to anyone from the band. So yeah. at any point, yeah. uh, absolutely. Uh, you want me to? Give, should I give you? Uh, I'll give you Dylan's cell phone number right now on the air. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not just, on the uh, air. Uh, no, I, mean, I mean, not only right. that, but could you give yeah. us his address and social security number too? I just of I, course. I need him for a couple. Breaks. I mean, look, our 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 producer doesn't much like doing any editing to begin with, so let's not put any <laughs> personal information on the air. Yeah, Phil, Phil, shut up! I need this. <laughs> was, I need this. was was Dylan not supposed to curse on this thing? What? You curse like a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, how dare you? This is a family-oriented show where we talk yeah. about death metal and I mean, hardcore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, like, I mean, my my, my mom's gonna be listening to this. Like, my grandma does too sometimes. I will, I will say this, Dan. You will never hear me curse on stage because that's good. I feel it's cheap, and I feel it's a a crutch, and I think it's a thing too many front men do to get like cheap like applause. I would agree with that as well. And I cannot commit to the same thing. That's fine, man. You do I you. Cannot, you're the. I cannot, you're... I cannot commit to that because it's just like I just start. I just lose my mind a little. That's fine. It's like I don't. This is an all serious. Like I really don't drink. Uh, I don't do any drugs. Obviously, well, maybe it's not obvious, but like I'm just you know it's not my thing. And I really you know I really don't drink. But like I I love Jägermeister. So oh, when I play. Man. Like, I don't even consider Jägermeister alcohol. I don't drink, but I love Jäger. I love it. I love it. Right? But when I play, I love to drink Jägermeister. Like, I just, I, I enjoy, like, just sipping on it. Like, I, I, it's just like a habit or something like that. It, like, soothes me. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It relaxes me. Um, have, have, and I have every time I play, I never, ever, ever remember to get a drink before... We, you know, I actually play, whether it's a doggy dog show or a leeway, any show, Kings, you know, and I always find myself every show being like, can somebody please get me a fucking Jägermeister, please? I'm like begging. <laughs> so, That's the extent I, of the cursing, you know, when you really want to get your point across and you're like, <laughs> can, you know, that, that's the only time that, you know, profanity might be. I I have to I don't I don't know why I just have to ask this question. Have you ever drank a Jaeger bomb before? I think I did, but it's not like, you know, I'm not a fucking college kid where I'm like doing Jaeger. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. funny like if I yeah. ever order a drink, I'm like, Can I "Please have a Jaeger and Red Bull." And if I didn't say anything, boom, a Jaeger bomb would show up on the bar. <laughs> and so now I say, "Can I please have a 
Jaeger and Red Bull on the rocks in the biggest glass you have, please, please. <laughs> like you have to specify that. That's and then like, like, oh, like a Jaeger bomb. I'm like, I'm not in fucking high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaeger, Red Bull on the rocks. That's like See, you know. Well, it's like one of that the, way, well, like those uppity Scotch drinkers say, like neat on the rocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> See, but, I mean, yeah, no, I. I, I kind of get it because I there are a lot of people who have different names for like whiskey and whiskey and cola. I just like eh, just whiskey and cola. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and it's crazy. Like I, I really I don't enjoy drinking. Like I would never just drink beer. Like for what reason? I'm fat, you know. Like if I drank beer, I'd be like three hundred pounds. You know, it would just be the way. Like my, you know, the way I my makeup. But but I but you know I, I enjoy that. That's about it. And. You know, if I'm not playing, I'm probably not drinking at all. Ever. Well, we'll uh, we'll make sure when you play Philly that we we uh, make our way through the pit with a Jaeger for you. That would be <laughs> phenomenal. See that? Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how much of it will get to you by the time we get up there, but we'll try. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> you know. But all right. It beat it beats doing the weed. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's not true at all. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know you'll, you'll get all kinds of different opinions from this podcast nah man alright alright great man alright alright this, yeah, this no. has been real guys yeah no it's been great uh, we loved having you on and like I said uh, at any point uh, any of the guys from the band we'd, we'd love to do uh, more interviews with so, yeah, we appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, wasting some of your Sunday with us here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Man. Certainly not a waste, man. Well, uh, best of luck. We look forward to seeing you live. All, All right. right. Thanks, guys. Hell yeah. Take it easy.